0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Gascast, the Bristol Rovers podcast by fans for fans. I am Max Alderson, I'm your host for this episode and I'm glad to be joined by fellow gas head Jack Newcomb and James Pearcy, the sports editor at the Bristol Post. Welcome to you both. Before we start, I just want to remind you guys that we are sponsored by Kahuna Flooring. Back in the autumn, Harley had his flooring done by Kahuna and it does look pretty slick, really nice work. Uh, They certainly do a fantastic job and it's well worth saving their number on your phone if you ever need... Your home or workplace done. Um Steve is a lovely chap and he'll sort you out with a ten percent discount if you mention GasCast when you ring up. His number is 07917 You can also find Kahuna on Facebook if you prefer to do things online. Uh let's get started on this week's episode, then lots to discuss. I have to admit it's been difficult to get myself in the right headspace for this today, um to talk about rovers. One were well, fourteen games without a win, um, which matches a club record in all competitions. Um, we actually uh, we actually put out a tweet on Saturday asking you guys listening if you want to back him or sack him, uh, and it was an overwhelming vote uh, for backing the new manager, which I'll admit surprised me. Um, but there is some fair criticism out there online. Um, I really want to hear what you guys have to th- have to say about Ben Garner and how his reign so far has gone. Um, let's start with you, Jack. How do you think it's
1: been all in all? I mean, it's not been great. We got we got to be realistic. 14 games without a win is pretty, pretty bad. But there is room for nuance and reasoning with that form. I think most people who've gone to most of those games can see what he's trying to do. There, there is promise. Um, he's brought in some good signings. Um, and we're obviously trying to build for the long term and try and change our style of play, get down on the deck so you can see that happening, and I mean he really hasn't had the rubber to green, has he? I mean, take last night's game for example. I think mean, there's five chances that should go in, undoubtedly, um, and it just just doesn't. I mean, Coughlin he, he did get the the luck of the Irish, and he knew how to win games. To be fair to Coughlin, um, Ghana has he got that in him? I mean, it's his first manager's job, so I think that's one of the main things that is kind of letting him down but yeah I'm definitely in the the camp of of backing him uh like I said it's not it's not been great but um yeah we got to give it more time and I I, I can see the, the the bright sparks uh coming through
0: yeah I pretty much echo what you said really um James from a neutral's perspective putting emotion and loyalty to one side of course um how do you think he's done
2: it's a word that probably won't chime in many fans because ultimately they want to see their team win every week. But I'm kind of fascinated by what's going on. Um, Because if you look at it from a sort of sporting perspective, it's almost like Rovers are kind of like tanking in American sports sense. So it's like the season, I'm not saying it's been written off, but there's been an acceptance that obviously there's no sort of aspiration to go for promotion but then I don't think there really was beyond the few individuals at the start of the season I think there was really I think if we had kind of been having this conversation in August I think what we'd been sort of top 10 would have been in, you know that's that that would have been a very good you know a good season a good sort of 7, 8 out of 10 season to finish in the top 10 that's obviously still achievable but I think what's happening is you're kind of witnessing I mean not many teams do this this is like genuinely an experiment to build a team for a season beyond the one you're actually playing in, and the kind of the 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 results that are happening aren't, aren't, it's kind of difficult. It's not seen, but the, the the importance isn't as crucial because the position that Graham Coughlin obviously got the team in. So thereby, this kind of appointment could be made, the signings that were made in January and the kind of the way the squad is being shaped could be done because you have this kind of safety net. Now, I think that was almost except there's sort of a weird irony, because that, I think that was accepted in January, perhaps, that, OK, we can probably drop three or four games when, let's be honest, there were some pretty crummy performances going on where it's all kind of like, you know, we can sort of see what was, what's happening but ultimately it's not being applied on the pitch. Now, they're actually, the team are playing far better and have done over the last couple of weeks whereby, you you know, you're coming away from performance in, and it's not like a five minute, seven minute, 12 minute period. It's like, well actually, we were, we were the better team here. Rovers were the better team in this game. Didn't deserve to, Wickham being a classic example, didn't deserve to lose 3-1. Okay, you can go into like naive defending and all this kind of thing. But, as performances have picked up, and there does seem to be kind of an upward trend, and I'm, you know, I've had conversations with fans, obviously, but the overwhelming overwhelm is a bit strong. But maybe there is there is a definite now groundswell of impatience because although performances are improving, that kind of allowance for for, for ideas to be instilled is, is almost like ebbed away, and they really do need to get a win sooner rather than later. But at the same time, I think this has to be remembered that the club are in a position whereby they they, they have to try and do everything with a kind of sustainable mindset. Um, And I do think it's really interesting because it's not, as I said, it's not something that's quite been done in League One. Now, a lot of fans don't care for that at all because obviously your team, sorry, I'm rambling a bit now, but obviously it's your team. There's a pride element there. You don't want to see your team losing, especially obviously in a city where there's another team there. You know, you don't want this constant, we're a losing side, we're a losing side. But I do think there is a progression going on. And I do think when we come out of this dark tunnel, if, if there is time to be, if if the manager is given time, which I think he will be, to get out this dark tunnel, I do think the team and the club will be in a far better position. The interesting thing is is how long the fan base allow this, because obviously Saturday is going to be a good barometer in terms of the patience. What happens if there's no, you know, there's, you know they don't start particularly well? How quickly does it turn? So all these things are starting to to, to, to fill in. But go back to the original one. I'm just sort of finding it really interesting, um, which probably might upset a few people because football shouldn't be necessarily about that, but I'm (laughs) finding it interesting. And I think a lot of neutrals will, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like you say, it's almost an experiment um, in that he's been given that safety net to almost do what he wants and not really care too much about the results, just evolve this team and change it and mould it to the way you want to play so that longer term it will pick up results. Improving the performances was pretty much his job uh, specification wasn't it, it was to come in change this well it was firstly it was to continue the work that Graham Coughlin was doing but it was obvious to everyone at least in my opinion that results were not sustainable because like you said you cannot go through games having five ten, mi- 10 minute periods of good play and just having a goalkeeper who pulls pulls off world-class saves to keep you in it especially it's, when he's injured Yeah, especially when he dislocates his shoulder yeah um, so it was obvious that after Yakola got injured and the goals from JCH dried up by the way, JCH is our top goal scorer, and our second top goal scorer it was Tyler Smith, who's left the club, and our third top goal scorer, I think, is Ed Upson on three. So that speaks volumes in itself. It's just not a sustainable team. And um, for me, I, I never really thought we'd stay up there. Even if Coughlin had stayed, I thought, like you you referred to, we would regress back to our natural.
2: Yeah, well, Gra- Graham Coughlin knew that as well. I mean, he was don't get me wrong. He 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 wanted to push for playoffs. Um, But I think he knew full well. I mean, I don't know if the the timing was coincidental in the end, but I think he kind of knew after that Ipswich result, ain't going to get much better than this.
1: Mm. Well, it's like if if Coughlin stayed, we're not getting promoted. A different manager comes in, still don't think we're getting promoted. Like I said, Ghana has had real rough luck. Um, But this whole thing that we are obviously experimenting and, and trying a new way of playing... But it's not for want of trying that we're not winning. It's not like, okay, we're gonna go really experimental here and really try something really odd and crazy. We're we're getting close to winning football matches. I mean missing massive chances, JCH has been very guilty of that. That's a that's a big part of it. Kind of falling asleep at the back. Um and I mean to 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 give him some criticism he's probably not the best kind of man-manager, kind of p- put a rocket up the backside to really get them going.
2: Well, certainly not from a visible point of view. I mean, it was quite evident in his first game, <clears throat> the uh, the Boxing Day game. Boxing Day defeat at AFC wasn't it? Um, that he's not a shouter, a screamer, a kind of a, a bollocker, if you like, um, from, from a Graham Coughlin point of view, which some fans want to see. You want a manager. Mm. You don't want someone there looking like they're sort of um, trying to establish um, some kind of uh, algorithm on the pitch. You want them to look like they're the fist pump is a classic British mentality, isn't it? It's all about yeah. the passion you show and all this kind of thing. He's not that sort of manager, which I think instantly from an optics point of view is going to rile people, but you've got to go with it because that's what he is. Um, now, the interesting thing, and obviously because fans, as you do, you everything's look everything's viewed kind of through the prism of results and what happens on match day because obviously you don't see what goes on the training ground you know we don't see a hell of a lot of what goes on the training ground, but I can tell you now that pretty much to a man every single player in that squad is loving training and loving what's happening now at the mm. club compared to before where everything was kind of basic instructions every player had two or three jobs to do and that was kind of it okay you can say that's that's a simple clear to understand game plan but now players are asked being asked to think problem solve adapt be flexible want the ball use the ball differently to each time and you know some players it's not going to work out but I think as a as, as footballers they are developing, and whether or not you know that will be at Bristol Rovers in the long term. But I think, from a footballer's point of view, this is you know that they are playing. Unfortunately, results aren't helping their sort of like I guess confidence in a way. But it's kind of I I can imagine, and what I've sort of been told, and what we've been told, you know, Sam Sam Frost and whatnot. We've been told is the players are really enjoying life under Mangana. It's just getting that result. It's just getting over the line. And I think when you look at the last two or three games, I do think it's on the horizon. If everybody just kind of sticks together for the next few weeks, I do think. And then once that monkey's off the bat, it just changes the complexion of everything, I think.
0: Yeah, I've spoke to a few people and and they've said uh, the, the same thing. And that is that oddly, and it seems a very stupid thing to say when you're 14 games without a win, Interestingly, are...
2: he's not responsible for those 14 games.
0: No, you were telling me this before <laughs> yes. we start recording.
2: It's a real bugbear. It's become a real bugbear. He's, he's been in charge for 13, as in he's been Bristol Rovers manager for 13, but obviously two of those were when he was on compassionate leave. Now, it's up to you whether or not you attribute that to him, but technically speaking, he's been in the dugout for 11 of those games and they haven't won.
0: Okay, but we still haven't won, James. i as a team, <laughs> but when that
2: sort of 14 number is pinned on him, I do think it's a bit unfair. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, and I think with the league position, when Garner came in, well, we were fourth and mm. then Garner got us to second in the, the Wimbledon game at the uh, time, wasn't yeah. it? So, I mean, on one token, it's a really good thing for him because obviously we've needed a fucking massive buffer going on that 14-game uh, winless streak. But on the same token, there's false expectations from the fan base. So the fan base are like, Coughlin got us to fourth, This fucking Garner comes in. Yeah. And now we've plummeted and we've blown a promotion opportunity to the championship. Like, what, what the hell is he doing? I, I
0: accept that. But by the same token, we are very close to breaking the club record for a this oh, yeah, run. No, I'd, so I'd get,
1: I'm just saying the kind of rationale, yeah. kind of why people would be it's, kind it, of it, calling for his neck even more. So, then if if we weren't, but obviously, by the same token, if Coughlin had only got us to mid table and we're on like 12 points less, then we'd be in a fucking like relegation dogfight. And would, would we get out of it? I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, stability and sort of long termism aren't particularly sort of sexy words in terms of like as a football fan. You know, you want your team to be winning, you want your team to be trying to achieve something, whether that be in a re- that's the thing. If you're in a rele- relegation battle, there's a level of excitement there because you're trying to strive to get don't be wrong. I wasn't not, very excited. Yeah, no, season it's I can not, tell Sorry, <laughs> excitement. Is, but there's but there's kind of an exhilaration, there's an adrenaline aspect there where you you're feel like something, yeah. everything matters. Yeah. If you're pushing for promotion, everything matters. Yeah. When you're just kind of bobbing around in mid table, we're setting we you know, we're setting foundations for next season whereby X, Y, and Z might happen, when it's hypotheticals. It is I do have tremendous sympathy kind of you know, you guys and, and fans who are spending significant part of their income on watching their team losing games. It's difficult. It is difficult. Um, and I think it will get to a point, if it continues, where there will have to be questions asked, is it worth it almost? But yeah. I think as, as it stands now, I do think, especially because, as I said, if you look at it in the context of the performances, there is clearly things happening that Rovers are a much better team than they were a month ago.
0: Mm. Just not getting the rub of the green. And well, yeah, it's not the rubber mark.
2: green, and it's and it's individuals not doing things, and and the players will hold their hands up themselves. You know, it's individuals not doing things. I mean, you know, Johnson, Clark, Harris, buries two of those chances, most most games, yes. it just hasn't worked. It just you know, it just hasn't quite got there. But if the chances are coming. They will eventually be taken,
1: but but having that that school sort of thought, which which I do, is not to say that Garner isn't without his faults. It's like you, you can have nuance; you can kind of see both sides to okay, it. So,
0: on that, then, what would you say has disappointed you about Garner, Jack?
1: Well, I mean, the fact that he hasn't had a manager's job before; he's he's a coach first and foremost, and you you can see that in the kind of way he conducts himself. And as I spoke about earlier, I'm not sure if he's the best kind of um, man motivator. I'm, I'm sure that the, the players like him. And, and as James has said, they're enjoying training, but can he really G up a team to kind of get them to run through brick walls like Coughlin, like Coughlin did work miracles at, at times, even though it wasn't pretty. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's it's still I mean he's had a really tricky start to his uh, managerial career with his off the field issues Um, but yeah I mean we can't really change what he is we're not going to turn him into a Coughlin figure Um, so yeah we've got to stick with the project and see where it goes really I mean
2: it should be said as well in terms of the that's not to say the play because the players really like Graham Coughlin as well. It's just you've got two very different managers. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like every if you look at it in almost every kind of aspect, Graeme Coughlin, great defensive manager, limited in what he can do with his kind of attacking schemes. Um, as you said, sort of a, a, a disciplinarian to an extent, but also he was kind of like old school, very old school in his outlook, how he spoke, how he talked, and then you go to Ghana. And defensively, I think, is where, where the big problem has been because there's been games where they prob- they, 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 they could have ground out draws that just gives you a bit more breathing space. But it's sort of structurally, something's not quite happened. Players haven't been quite switched on for one reason. Spatially, there's been some been some issues. But you've got Garner, who's like this ultra, ultra modern manager, doesn't have the kind of the the gravitas of the playing career, isn't a shouter, isn't a, isn't a disciplinarian as such. I mean, he's a disciplinarian perhaps in a different way, but isn't a sort of an overt disciplinarian. So there's just been such polar opposites. And if you think as a group of players as wow, well, that must be so weird. If you think you're at work mm-hmm. and you have one boss and you get so sort of like ingrained into how this boss wants you to be and how you can impress him and how you can get your pats on the back and your, your bone or whatever... And then all of a sudden he goes and you get another manager in who's just like another boss in who's just completely different. And you kind of have to rewire your brain almost. Um, Like
1: mid-season as well. Mid-season, exactly. And and in, in
2: the middle of the Christmas period, and then you've got all the additional kind of like, obviously, with ANSI going down. Um, eight first team injuries. Eight first in. team injuries, Tom Davis, you know, we won't have Tom Davis now, probably won't have Tom Davis the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, there's lots of it's that there's a lot there to kind of package up. But of course, um, you know, the results have been the big problem. But I think to to go back to your question, it's been defensively, there's been sort of concerns and the players haven't been as as sort of in tune defensively. And I do sometimes worry when there's like a consistent amount of defensive errors, which they weren't actually against Tranmere. it has to be said. Um, maybe that's to do with the quality of Tranmere's attacking, I, think I don't it's know. More of that <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> but you know, I do sometimes, because like defense is so much about the kind of collective team and everybody being in tune with everybody and, you know, the sort of the self sacrifice and maybe that hasn't been quite yet that yet. but that's yeah. also perhaps a symptom of his desire to make Rovers a better attacking side. So by, yeah, na- by play nature... Players that.
0: out of position, a yeah. different goalkeeper as well. That's very true. That's a very factor. true, yeah. um, I think for me, the disappointing thing has been the substitutions. I think they've been a bit late in the game That's for interesting,
2: me. yeah. I saw a bit of chat about that today. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, the the game against Tranmere, he left it to, I think it was about 78 minutes or 80 minutes to make a change, which was Josh uh, generally for... Jaden Mitchell Lawson, um and I think a lot of people who went to the game or were watching the game, I just listened on the radio myself, were saying that we were quite lethargic, we just needed an injection of pace or something
1: different. To go out and try and win the game. Well, we, we just needed a finisher, so maybe yeah. Get Abraham but on you know, something.
0: you got Johnson, and he's probably the the best finisher in the squad. But, think. but he, he had but that he, chance but later, he, on. but he
1: wasn't finishing. That's that's the trouble. I mean, he, 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 he had, a cu- yeah, 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 he had a, he had a couple of chances, but yeah, I, I think another striker up top would have been mm. perfect. Because I mean, yeah, Tramble were there for the taking. Yeah. So, I mean, at some point, you have to sort of say we can't just keep
0: getting unlucky. It's becoming a downward trend where do you draw the line? But
2: what I would say, and we said this, there's almost been stages. So I think at the start, I mean, AFC, the AFC Wimbledon with the one was a killer, really, wasn't it? Because they should have won that game. They, yeah. should, have, they should have seen that off. And also the circum goal that was disallowed. Um, that should have been put to bed, but there was an element of naivety. And then after that, there was some, you know, MK Dons was pretty stinking, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, there's been some bad, bad defeats. But I don't think you can say... I mean, the Coventry FA Cup, which he wasn't there for. I'm we just trying to think.
0: Coventry at home. We had seven games in 19 days, yeah. which is an average of a game every 2.5 days over Christmas, is, I think. is was. rough. Yeah, um, that is when rough. When you got eight first team injuries, Cam yeah. Hargreaves had to play a lot in centre mid, and um, obviously we had uh, Jordi van Stapashoff in goal. Yeah. Meneze was playing a lot of games, and Kilgore both young players. Robin and Leahy at wing back, looking pretty tired and ropey, so. I mean, it sounds like excuses, but I think that was genuine reasons for the bad form. There that? is,
2: but you've had those defeats in the early stage that was like, oh, they're getting beat, getting beat quite heavily. Doncaster at home, I think, wasn't great, was it? No. But now there's these clutcher games where you're not having that anymore. You're not mm-hmm. having like, well, we just got pumped today. It's kind of like, oh, should have been this. Should
0: have won, should have won. And I,
2: that's why I almost think you can you can package it in these kind of like, it wasn't great, it's getting better yeah. and then what happens next so if they revert if, if 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 what happens is it kind of reverts back say Blackpool on Saturday is not great then you, I think then you yeah. start to get worried because then there's been the downward trend but as long as and again it's easy for me to say as a neutral as someone who you know I, I'm not invested in the club financially emotionally whatever mm-hmm. to say this but I do think as long as that progression is there I do think it's still it's still worth Hoping for the future.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. It's it's. Um, I I'm I'm not worried about going down. I think since Garner's taken over, um, we've been what would what you say eleven games he's actually managed. But since since Coughlin went, that fourteen game uh, winless run, we're actually only one point closer to the relegation zone after all of that. So <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean we're we're not going down. So so it is a free. Hit and you you said about it earlier, James that nobody likes kind of in mid-table and obviously nobody likes losing football matches and again it's, it's still not to say that it's acceptable because it's, it's not acceptable you you got you got to be winning a few of those but you've got to look at the bigger picture and, and, and there are bright sparks and there's there's losing and playing well and probably should have taken some of our chances and get draws or wins out of some games and then there's getting pumped and devoid of ideas which that isn't happening at all the win is going to come. I I I, I hope but, um, <laughs> it will come I, eventually. Yeah, and it, it will come. <laughs> I, and I, I I'm optimistic about what's there. I'm not like a, a massive, like not massively on the Ghana train. He's he's, he's still got to prove himself. Still, the jury's still out. Oh, without don't, question. Don't, don't get me wrong, but on the same token, there's, I think there's enough to be positive about.
2: I mean, if I if I may ask, do you kind of have a mental? sort of mark where you're thinking if we haven't won
0: hmm. yeah I think
2: I mean I know I'm sort of devoid that's devoid of context in terms of like you know what happens where's my this. line is what you're yeah, asking yeah yeah
0: yeah uh, my line will probably be if we get to the summer and we've won one game between now and the end of the season yeah, yeah. I think I mean one that was would, volumes wasn't it really yeah I think if it's one game then it's obvious that this upward trend hasn't continued and law of averages over those games if we haven't won then there's obviously a reason beyond yeah. Dumb luck. We yeah. can't dumb luck lose or draw every single game if we've been the better team. Yeah. And if we haven't been the better team in enough to get a result, then it's not good enough. So, that would be my line. um Let's take some questions from the listeners. We've had a few sent oh, in. Well, don't do that, mate. <laughs> we'll start with one from Adam Harding. He's asked, "Does Ben Garner, does Ben Garner's playing style suit League One with our budget, or would he be better at a Championship level rather than League One?"
2: It's an interesting question. Um, I think uh, it depends kind of how you value League One. I mean, I do think sometimes that's a little bit unfair on League One a little bit. It's like as if League One's full of cloggers, 4-4-2 cloggers, bunging it, slinging it in the mixer and hoping for a lucky break. You know, there's some good footballing teams in League I'm,
1: One. I mean, the best teams in League One don't do that.
2: You look at Coventry. Yeah.
1: They're, Coventry. What Mark Robbins does at Coventry. Coventry. Coventry Pe- yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. There's some really good footballing Oxford, teams. Oxford, Peterborough. Yeah, precisely. So I think it's it's a little bit unfair on League One. Now... Sorry, what was the first button? Do Rovers have the budget? Well, you know, ultimately, sort of to revisit a previous point, Bristol Rovers aren't in a position where they can compete financially with Portsmouth, Sunderland, even Peterborough, um, Coventry, a few other clubs, obviously, Rotherham came down as well. They've got a sort of relatively okay budget. You know, they can't compete, so they have to kind of do things a little bit differently. And it's about getting players who can be coached and improved, and kind of signing these guys, who let's be honest, a lot of us didn't know who they no. were. Perhaps with the exception of Jamal Blackman, and maybe Josh Ginelli because he had a bit of a kind of a CV, didn't he? Um, but a lot of them were like, "Oh wow, I've never heard of this guy. Sounds promising." Because because they're cause ceiling. Hopefully, they've got a ceiling beyond where they are, so they can be coached up to the level. So, and if you look at them, they've all come. Barrett's come from a championship club, um, Ginelli's come from a championship club, Blackman's obviously... Ginelli? Come- is Sorry. that how you pronounce it? Well, yeah, because his nickname's Gino, so I've sort of it's in the ice cream. I thought, Gino, it was, I, thought it
0: was, I thought it was Ginelli, but Ginelli sounds Welsh, yeah. doesn't yeah. Yeah. Ginelli. Well, yeah, it? Ginelli. It caught is, me is, out it, is, there. It, is, it sounds a bit saying, Italian.
2: <laughs> I've been saying Ginelli. Sounds it might be Ginelli. Is is it? It? it does sound yeah, it does really Italian, actually, doesn't but it? I'm sure his nickname is Gino. You don't remember the ice cream Gino Ginelli. No. might be a bit before your before time, my time, so I'm 90s there. <laughs> um, but sorry, you've lost my thread now in terms of players come down from the Championship. Obviously, Jaden mitchell Lawson's come down from the Championship. Uh, we
1: got d- dailies from Premier League. Dailies from
2: Premier League. So all these guys are all from organisations where you'd hope they've been taught to play the
1: right way whatever that means and, and they were rated as well Barrett was rated by Reading Barrett fans was rated, Daly Daly's was rated by Palace fans yeah. so whole, it, it just goes, goes to show it, doesn't it, likes
2: at Derby so I do okay there might be a hangover from uh, in terms of the squad and you know you've seen obviously Tom Nichols has been moved out he tried to get Carl Bennett out unfortunately that didn't work out so there could be a hangover of players who don't quite fit into what he's trying to do but clearly the guys have come in or some of the guys a lot of the guys have come in do fit his ideals and I do think League One is a place now where you can do that. Okay, it's not at the level of the championship but I do think the kind of the identity of League One is shifting a bit.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It is a much more entertaining league to watch than it was maybe five, ten years ago. There's lot better
2: individuals now as well.
0: Well, yeah, I think that's just like uh, almost like trickle down from the Premier League. Like all these uh, players, I don't want to throw out the whole foreign players debate like, but there is a, a huge influx of, of luxury players in the Premier League
1: Brexit I, means Brexit Matt
0: and it's it's just a constant <laughs> need to get better and better so these quality players get pushed down into the championship yeah. and you know a couple and of the years ago and, and the coaching you, the coaching,
2: you know yeah. you've got you know I think England sorry we get go a bit off tangent but I think you know England had a real wake up call to start of the deck over the 2010 World Cup there yeah. was a real dearth of like coaching and also there was like this sort of purveying old school four four two mentality And I do think, and funnily enough, Ben Garner fits into this, um, as does the other bloke down the road, whose name I will not mention, but, you know, this idea of actually coaching players beyond, in in an interesting way, Mm. to to do things that perhaps we haven't seen in English football, and that's just kind of Steve Cooper at Swansea, you know, various others. So I do think, as you say, there's a trickle down. Carl um, Robinson, obviously, at Oxford. Mm. You know, and
0: you get a lot of ki- players who want to get in the Premier League, so they put themselves in the shop window in the Championship. And now the Championship has improved so much that you do get players yeah. now in League One. You know, look yeah. at Johnny Williams dropping down to League One for Charlton last yeah, season. And, and
1: as we saw when we got promoted from the conference, you need hungry players. So as, as you alluded to there, we've got players who want to prove themselves and they're not content with playing League One football. They, they want to go so even if it means that they're with us for a season two season we don't go up but they managed to put themselves in the shot window the reason they put themselves in the shot window is because they've played well which obviously benefits us so i mean i think taking that model and like you said we we gotta cut our cloth accordingly like f- fans are obviously unhappy with the off the field matters which i mean we've, we've every right to be um but where we're at is we, we can't compete with the the big players of, of League One. So I think this model of grooming younger players and getting potential out of them is, is the way to go.
0: Yeah, and let's touch on a few of those because we've actually not had a chance to discuss them since the last episode, which uh, we recorded on deadline day, thinking that all of our business was done. And then we went and made three signings immediately after we put the podcast out. So nice. <laughs> um, yeah, not <laughs> ideal, but um, we'll go through them now. The first one I want to talk about is James Daly. Um, he's probably the one I'm most excited about. Um, it's easy to get excited about strikers, but I think he does look a really promising signing. Um, he looks like he's been brought in to replace Tom Nichols, that kind of number 10 style striker, um, playing off maybe a big man. Um, yet, Obviously, we're yet to see him, so we don't really know, but that's sort of what you get from his highlights package. 20 years old, he only turned 20 last month, so a very young player, quite a high ceiling, you'd think. Um, annoyingly picked up a knock, yeah, rolled his mm. ankle. Yeah, frustrating. I don't, I don't
2: think it's particularly. I don't think it's bad, bad.
0: Yeah, but it might be a week or two before mm. we see him. But um, I think he did travel, didn't he? Up on um, he travelled up to Tranmere, so there is a chance he might start on Saturday. Um, what do you think of the signing then, Jack?
1: I, I really like it because um, we do just need a, a finisher, and I mean, from, from what I've heard, that's that's exactly what he is um, with the goals drying up for JCH. And I mean, he's he's a bit smally, a bit a bit, a bit nippier, I believe. Yeah, I think
2: he's just quite an intelligent runner, works hard. A bit of sort of, dare I say it, like you say about Tom Nichols, he's got sort of Tom Nichols ish attributes. Can't help but talk about Tom Nichols. <laughs> I just want to say yeah. that number help. ten, the number ten yeah, star just striker, Tom, Tom Nichols is just mm. he just haunts. <laughs> <He's> Sorry, <laughs> that's the wrong word. He's left the club. But he's, he's left the club. His, he lingers. Just, he's just the he's ghost a, of Nichols. His, his enigma, <laughs> his enigma lingers forever. Um, but I think you know, he's just a, a smart. Young, hungry, which is a great point. Player, Um, a lot of people at Palace have sort of praised his work ethic off the ball as well, Mm. in terms of his pressing very much, you know, going back to sort of the, the coaching thing like, pressing is such a big thing in football now, especially at Premier League level. And youngsters coming through academies there, they all have to press, you can't get away. And dare I say it, with all of sort of Johnson Clark Harris's qualities, he's not the best presser. So I think having someone mm. up the top and doing and, that... and that's
1: definitely going to be a tactic we do because I remember the uh, press conference after the Doncaster game I believe and um, they got asked about the first half where we got absolutely dominated we couldn't get near their shadows and um, I think it was Upson said about uh, Ghana asking them to to press more so to have those players young players who, who who's got the work ethic would be good but yeah from what you've said James he, he sounds like he really. Uh, fits the bill
2: i mean palace were really annoyed weren't they palace fans which is always a good sign
1: it is a good sign but so were reading fans
0: and uh, i don't think that josh barrett has really produced the goods yet for us um let's talk a bit, little bit about him because um mm. he's been one who's come in and we thought would make an immediate impact but it's really was struggled that fair though
2: was that fair to say he was gonna have an immediate impact
0: I think so because he was he was on there. He had some pedigree. He had a bit more pedigree yeah. than Daly in terms
2: of first team. Yeah, yeah. He'd been
0: in in and out of Reading's first team. He'd scored some goals for them. He was hungry to, to start games, but their manager sort of froze him out. So he forced a move, didn't he? Um, so you thought he would you would have thought that he would have come here and wanted to say right, I want to hit the ground running and show what they're missing, but he's just looked so unfit. Do you think he's looked unfit, James? Well, that was
2: a bit. That was a big sort of. Caveat that when people at Rovers, um, sorry, Rovers at Reading used to say about him, was say fantastically talented, so smart on the ball, does things that other players can't. But there was always that but. Sometimes his fitness can 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 be a problem, and I think that's potentially been the case because ultimately he hasn't played enough first-team football where you can drop him into a League One environment where it is intense, physically demanding, um, as well as you know. I've sort of bigged it up but it's a physically demanding league you know you don't get as much time on the ball necessarily Um, but just to to say about these these younger guys as well I do think it's a point worth making and in a way you could sort of criticise the transfer policy on the back of this is you've got to remember these guys are coming out of most of them from their hometown clubs where they've only ever been they've only ever lived in these places to an extent, you know, or they've spent an enormous part of their sort of teenage and early years and then of all of a sudden they're transplanted to Bristol, a new city, a new region, which is away from sort of Mm. maybe sort of friendship groups they've established, family connections, whatever. So it it is, a you know, I think it's easy to sort of think it's not, they should sort of plug in and play, but I do think there is a sort of a cultural sort of a culture shock to them, given their age, and this could be sort of their first time away from home,
0: so to speak. Yeah, but football's football, and I, I get what you're saying, but, you know, when you go on the pitch and you play the game, us as amateurs, we go, you forget yeah. the episode, well, don't you? You just play the game.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it does have an effect, though, I, 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 do, I would I do say. agree, but I by mean, the same
0: uh, time, what I'm trying to say is that I, I don't think that, you know, the game is the game, and a player has strengths. They should be able to come in and show those strengths obviously you have to adapt to your teammates and adapt to the team and sort of get that chemistry and feel comfortable in the city that you've moved to. But by the same token, it's a universal language football. And, you know, if you've been playing since you were at a professional level, academy level, since you were a youngster, you should be mm. able to just come in. And but I mean,
1: there. with like football and, and most sports is fine margins, isn't it? So like, if for whatever reason you're, you're unsettled, move into a, a new city, I, I mean, it's, with like Barrett, for example, I mean, you could probably attribute some of that to it. And I mean, you, you said he's, he's quite a hungry player. I mean, he's he's looking a bit too hungry. That's <laughs> the that's the trouble with Barrett. But um, I mean, it's it's still early days. I mean, yeah, so, James is young and there's obviously the potential there. And luckily we got this kind of a free hit of a season where it doesn't actually matter about winning football matches. Timmy Abraham, speak to me, Jack. What a name. Yes. Yeah, big I've, reputation. He yeah, I thought it was a typo, to so be fair. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought, but
0: big I thought reputation we based on... I was going to say, he bit, comes bit, with a big reputation because brother. his brother's very good, so yeah. he's got to step out from his brother's shadow. It's a bit like Stephen Sessignon at Fulham, is a lot of the Fulham fans are seeing him as the next Ryan Sessignon. Um He's not quite as good, but they're obviously trying to see that he's the similar mold of player because he's, he's been playing with his brother since he was from a young age and... Timmy and Tammy look very similar in their height, their builds. They're both strikers. Yeah. Um, is Timmy going to be as good as Tammy? Obviously, very, very doubtful that he will reach those heights.
1: Um, Poundland Tammy.
0: But what do you think of him then? Do you think he's an exciting option or do you think he's just a backup option for Johnson? Fuck knows.
1: We just have to wait and see, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he, did he, he came off the bench for one game? Did he? Has he yeah, did he came he off the bench yeah. in
0: the uh, the home couple of minutes wasn't it? He come game? on? I don't, yeah, no, I don't know if exactly. he's done home, he? has, has made he? an appearance. Yeah, I, I can't, home, I can't, I can't, I can't I remember can't...
1: seeing him. But, I mean, I mean it, yeah, he obviously gives us another option, doesn't he? That's that's the thing. So, yeah, obviously, we're, we're, we're struggling the... to score and win, so get him on, see what he can do. Even if he's, like, a tenth as good as Tammy, then that, that'd be good enough for our level.
0: Yes. Uh, I think he's the
2: biggest kind of uh, dice roll of the new signings, I think. (laughs) I think he's the one where, (laughs) I'll be honest, I don't know much about him. Um, His record, obviously, in under-23 football wasn't particularly amazing. Um, He's still very young, still very raw. Um, And if you kind of read in between the lines of what Ben Garner said, where he's talked about this is a great opportunity for him to experience a League One Cup, it doesn't seem like he's really being penciled in for like solid first team minutes. So I think he's one where good stuff might happen but equally I think he could fade into obscurity to a degree so it's kind of like there's this sort of swing and it's almost like of what may or may not happen and with him we literally don't know
0: I I think he's been brought in as a backup for Johnson because he's of the same build big strong um hold up play if if Jono goes down injured and we didn't have Timmy then we're sort of stuck with Riley and... Yeah, Daly. I mean, Jono's fitness hasn't
1: been amazing, has it? He's, he's struggled with injuries. Um, and even if Jono is is fit and he's he's not firing or we want something a bit bit different or maybe two... Well, I would say two big men up front. 16 minutes. 16, 16.
2: 16 minutes against Wickham, It was.
0: Fantastic. Um, and Harrys is a bit of an odd one, I think. Um, centre-back, left-footed, brought in from Swansea. Um... I didn't think we needed a centre-back. What's your thoughts on this, um, James?
2: No, but I think he fits the mould of what um, Ben Garner wants from a centre-back. And I think potentially, I know Daly's kind of like, lots of people are excited about Daly for good reason, but I do actually think Harry's could end up being the, the, the smartest one of the lot um, because he's got a bit more <clears throat> of, a, of, a, of a CV behind him. Um He's obviously a ball-playing defender or more of a ball-playing defender than perhaps what Rovers have got. And I do think over time, once he gets up to speed, because he, he had that winter break in Holland, so d- he hasn't played much football recently, but I do think, and it's probably, again, it's potentially going to be next season, but I do think he could prove to be... I think he's one of them where basically he was available so the club got him rather than it being, we need to fill this position... I yeah. think this is one where perhaps there was a kind of a, a vibe, whether that be from the club, whether it be from an agent, whether it be from Garner's connections, in some way a coach that you know, you can go and get him. Because, you know, and I'm not I'm I'm saying this purely, this is purely my personal opinion. I don't know anything, but obviously sooner or later someone's gonna start taking notice of Alfred Kilgore. You know, it's 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 just Essentially you know, yeah. he's a t he's a tw- how, how old how old's Alfred, is he twenty one yet?
0: 2021 20, yeah but he's going so. to have
2: played a full season of league one football by and large seven out of 10 most games eventually you know the the, the, the secret's going to be I know it's not a secret but you know there's going mm. to be a club so you have to start thinking if the potential is for alpha and I'm not again I reiterate I I'm not saying this with any knowledge of anything I'm just saying this merely could happen if there's a, a eventuality where alpha Kilgore could leave this summer because a bid comes in and it's too good to turn down then immediately you've got an immediate replacement so you almost have to think six months ahead all the time
0: yeah I I was of the opinion that he was going to be brought in as Tony Craig's replacement there's that as well There is. he's left footed and so is Tony yeah um and obviously, its I would say it's pretty 50-50 eh, that Tony's going to hang his boots up in the summer. I think he's out of contract, so it may even be likely that we don't offer him a new deal because he's probably one of our higher earners. Yeah, he could,
2: um, back. He could go back to London as well, obviously. Um, yeah,
1: so. and we want to maybe redist- redistribute his wage into other areas of the pitch. And and he's all playing centre-half as well, isn't he? So he really fits the the Garner mould. I even think, this is a bit of a left-field shout, but hes
0: he's apparently very, very good on the ball and has a very good range of passing. I would... I've oh, not even seen him play. At CDM. I, I would like to see is. him play at CDM.
2: Oh, he's already gone in there he's <laughs> before gone, he's even putting made him midfield. out of position. before he's even played.
0: Don't even care. Yeah. I think I, <laughs> I would just. We've got no one in the midfield who can pass. If if we maybe have Ollie Clark and Circum ahead of him and him just spraying some long balls. I'm saying this without even seeing a just minute rogue. of him playing. Mm. But very rare. I'm just ju- I'm just putting it out there early. We'll see. Let let that's what I'll be doing on the football manager. Top, Tom Parks I, I on the wing in, as well. The winter update. Whilst we're at it, Tom Parks left wing. Adam Virgo up front. Um, any news on Circum? Do we know? Uh, no, sorry, I don't. Okay, no worries. Yeah. Wait, yeah, where's sorry. the scoop
1: at, James? What, what,
0: what, <laughs> what scoop you got, you got for us? that one on me. Yeah, no, I was I just because we just mentioned him and he's in my list to yeah. mention on on his injury. Um, it's a bit unfortunate because we we almost need him back in the yeah, side quite badly. He's
2: an important player for yeah. a lot of reasons. Gets yeah. on the ball, sort of patient, uses it. He's got a bit about him and he in terms of a bit of needle in there as well. Does stuff for set pieces, yeah. I think and, and, is, and playing in the Garner side as well, yes, he's b- much more suited. He's and he's looked good as well. Yeah, I think. he has I think. he has
1: improved.
0: He's looked he looked so lost under Coughlin. He did because um, he played him he played him um, left, wing. left wing He played him tip of the diamond, yeah, but he, he was even looking lost
1: to. under DC as well, wasn't he? Because DC was putting him out left as well. Yeah, but he, he was. was looking lost for it for a while, and then he's just, he was just getting back into form, and then unfortunately injury it.
0: Yeah, frustrating, and I think. On that topic, do you guys think we should have maybe brought in a central midfielder in January? I think we had the budget to, because obviously we signed a centre-back who we didn't need. Mm. Jack, would you have preferred us to maybe have not got Harry's, even like you say, he could be a good signing down the line? Yeah. Do you think a central midfielder was more of a priority?
1: Yeah, I would have been surprised if we weren't looking for a Um, centre-mid. Yeah, I would hope that's where our our scouting would go, because I I think most people can see we need that creativity in there, someone who, who can pick out a pass... Um, so I can only hypothesise to think that we didn't find the the centre mid that fitted into Ghana's team. Um, so yeah, I think I think in the summer that's definitely going to be an area we need to strengthen. So, Who's fingers the, crossed we get get someone going. But I I don't know what what names there. Yeah, sorry, out his there. names
2: have completely escaped me. Joe Powell, that was it. The West Ham player obviously went to Burton. Yes, um, that was uh, that was one they looked at so they was, did look at sentiment yeah, point. yeah. Okay. so that was one um, so maybe the, the right player wasn't available and it's, it's a plan for the summer because yes it would have been nice to have like you say another passer in there but if you look at in terms of bodies body Clark Ab- Gogu, Head Upson Circum, Barrett to a kind of a lesser extent Cam Hargreaves numbers wise they're okay in the middle of the park. okay it could do with perhaps a different type but numbers-wise, they're okay in that area of the field. So maybe that was sort of seen as a lesser priority than...
0: Yeah, maybe so. Um, one player I do want to talk about, probably the player who's impressed me most who's come in, is Jaden Mitchell-Lawson. Mm. Um, I admit when he signed and in the first few sub-appearances, I thought he was very much just going to be a depth signing, you know, a 10-minute off the bencher. Um, and I thought Ginnerly was going to be sort of the starting winger for us. But past three games, he's been, I think, probably one of our best players, if not... Our best player, yeah. Um, well, wh-
1: well, he's made things happen, hasn't he? That I mean, that's what you want from your attacking flair players. And then we saw the Wickham game; his, his end product was phenomenal. So, yeah, it's, it's it's great to see. And I mean, um he's also doing the defensive side really well. um There was a moment in the Tranmere game when he tracked all the way back to our byline and got in a cracking sliding challenge. Um, so he's got got that intensity, he's got that work rate, got a bit about him, he can beat a man. Um, so yeah, he's, he look, he's looked really promising to be fair. I've liked that
0: he presses like we talked about earlier, his mm. pressing's very good. He does surprisingly win quite a bit in the air from what I saw in the Coventry game. Um, and he's tricky, he's, he, can, he can wrong foot players and go past them which is something we've lacked desperately yeah. since
1: probably... I can't think back since Bowden left, probably. Well, him and Gianelli, that Coventry game, won so many free kicks just because of their trickery and, and outright pace. So, yeah, it's it's something we've been lacking. So, it's good to see we've got that back in our side.
2: Yeah, it's pace, width, and cre- creativity, which has been sorely lacking for a year. Oh, for yeah, yeah. 18 months. I mean, keep I don't know, keep going. It's been... So, it, it's kind of created a more expansive... And also, is, from a... I guess, you know, from an entertainment point of view, there's like an excitement when he gets on the ball. Mm. And they haven't had, you know, yeah. haven't had too many players, to you expect, where someone gets on the ball, you know, oh, what's going to happen next? Something might happen now. Um, so that's just from an aesthetic point of view, I think. Well, and
1: it, it frees up space for JCH as well, because, I mean, God knows how many times JCH was just on his own, just trying to do it all and, and win the game by himself. And obviously his form has dropped... So having a couple of players around him, you can kind of create a bit of space or create some chances for him is, is something we've sorely needed. And I only got a look at the Trammer game last night and the amount of like good chances we created um, yeah, like I said, I think I counted about five that I should have scored.
2: And it stops him, which he does have a habit of, of coming really deep, trying to get the ball and do a Ronaldo against Compostela in <laughs> 97 or whatever, just trying to beat everyone. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. it's just like, he does get, get hold his position. He did. And you, you understand it because he knows what he can do on the ball when he wants to get on the ball. But when he knows, you know, similarly, if he knows he's got teammates who can get it, do something, set him up, he's going to be less inclined to move out of position and kind of leave that area of the field empty.
0: Absolutely. Well said. Um, Ginelli's looked... I'm saying it like you are saying it. Very nice. nice. I'm worried. I'm worried. I don't want to like
2: sort of... Yeah, I'm going to have to check this out.
0: Ginelli. Ginelli? I should really be doing this quite poor. I like like Ginelli. I like Ginelli. Ginelli just sounds Welsh. I love it. Um, He's looked decent, but Robin seems to be starting ahead of him at the minute. Do you think that's justified in how robin has been playing? I, I like Rodman. He's just fair. a solid professional. Yeah, right? he's, he's, he's a an solid professional player.
2: You can see, he's, he, you see a manager liking him. Um, okay, he, you almost want sometimes a bit more out of him, um, I think because he hasn't sort of matched that Shrewsbury season, shall mm. we say. Um, but I just think he's a good guy to have in the team. You've got a bit of experience in there, a little bit of leadership, a little bit of calmness, just a bit of presence, really, so you're not too sort of chocker full of you know a little bit wet behind the ear kind of like um uncertain talent unknown talent so I think that's there's a little bit of that he's kind of in tune with the defensive game a bit more than Gino yeah um (laughs) um, so that's that's probably why that's probably why it's just a bit more solid a bit more predictable because if you're going with Mitchell Lawson who you know might lose the ball however many times I've checked numbers but might you know But by nature, if someone's trying to do something on the ball, trying to dribble at players, trying to attack, trying to break lines, they're going to lose possession. Sometimes you can't really carry two of those type of players.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: So, Jack, you're doing this Memorial Stadium sleepout in a couple of weeks' time? I am, yeah. I feel a bit apprehensive about it, to be honest, Max. But, yeah, it's a really good initiative that uh, the Community Trust and local charity Caring in Bristol, who are a local homelessness charity, and they've put on an event called the Memorial Stadium Sleepout, So it does exactly what it says on the tin. Uh, There's going to be 120 gas heads uh, sleeping at the MEM overnight on uh, Friday the 6th of March. And it's to raise vital funds for homelessness in the city. I think we can all see uh, how many homeless people are around, which is absolute travesty. So if myself and 119 other gas heads can raise some funds... Um, then it's obviously a great thing to do. But yeah, if anyone can um, chuck us a few quid, um, I mean, everyone's got their own just giving page, so you can donate to mine, which we are share a link to. Um, but yeah, if you know any other guests that's doing it, please support us because I think it's going to be a cold night, but it's just a good way of seeing what homeless people have got to live with day in, day out. And like I said, if we can just raise a few bob, then that'd be a, a great thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, we'll we'll share the link to that uh, on our Twitter page, so you guys can um, take a look and hopefully, if if you feel like it, donate some money to this fantastic cause.
1: And if you want to do it as well, there's there's still places. So um, I actually don't know anyone else who's doing it so far. So I'm going to cut maybe a, a lonely figure. And I've got a double <laughs> sleeping bag as well. So if if anyone fancies it, oh blimey, that's up, a bit of a hop, offer. hop on in. <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. Well, wish you all the best of luck, Jack. Thanks, um, mate.
0: And everyone else involved.
1: Thanks for the donation as well, Max. And Appreciate no problem it.
0: At all. No problem. Um, anyone who's listening who's doing it, good luck to you as well. Uh, fantastic cause um, and a really good show of solidarity in the community. So very well done. Um, let's look ahead to Saturday then when Rovers will be looking to avoid breaking a club record of 15 games winless in all competitions against the Blackpool side who today sacked their manager, Simon Grayson. Um do you think that's going to change the the dimensions of the game, James?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I,
0: I mean, Blackpool, a little bit surprised
2: by, because obviously there's been a lot of investment there. They've signed 57 players, I think, this season.
0: Gary Medine as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: they've got obviously some names there. 57 but, players? I'm obviously being okay, sarcastic.
0: Um, but
2: at the start of the season, first game of the season, when they played Rovers at Bloomfield Road, and it was a mm. Blackpool team with, I think they sort of loaded their bench with a lot of the new sign-ins. Obviously, it was a Rovers team with a whole new defence, a whole new goalkeeper, and that Blackpool team just looked so solid and such a kind of like, oh, this is a strong league one side. You can, you know, got big guys at the back, Nandale up front who does stuff, the lad on Known from Palace. Um, there was lots to like about them, and they'd just kind of fallen away but the ambition is quite clearly that they have to finish top six because Simon Grayson's obviously lost his job because unlike, you know, Rovers where the ambition isn't top six necessarily or it's not ambition's the wrong word, expectation isn't top six or demands aren't there, the same level of demands. So it's a difficult one because it's, it's difficult to know, you know, the kind of the, 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 the context into what the dressing room was like. I, you know, I can't say I've watched a lot of Blackpool since that game. But they have surprised me because just in that kind of small sample size, I thought, well, this is a team that could be quite useful this season.
0: Yeah, I thought the same when I saw them. I thought they looked very good and had some good wide players. Um, but obviously, the league table doesn't really lie. So, um, they've obviously sat their manager for a reason. Um, Jack, what would you change for Saturday? Would you do anything differently?
1: Um, score goals. Yeah. Um, get you in charge, mate. But yeah, well, out. score more than the other team, really. Because, um, yeah, we've been letting in too many, not scoring enough. But, I mean, from what I saw... Um, the tramway game, I mean, it, it it wasn't a classic. It was um, played on the beach, which didn't help. But we we should have battered them. I mean, we had so many big chances. So the actual style of play is fine going forward because we're getting those chances. So one, we just need to put them away. And um, as we spoke about earlier, the differences between Coughlin and Garner, I think we've seen that in, in the back line. Um, we just need to be more clued up and just do the basic things at the back, I remember. Was it the um, what was it? The Coventry game where we didn't clear our lines, and that's where they scored the second. Yeah. So just a little it's those fine margins. So yeah, just a, a lot more solid at the back. So potentially slightly less expansive, yeah. I would say. Any ch- uh, any changes to the lineup? Would you bring in maybe Holmes Dennis for for Lehi? May- maybe mix it up. I mean, I I really like Leahy. But um, he's he's played a lot of games, so maybe to freshen it up. Um, yeah, I, I, I was quite happy with the the team against Tranmere. But yeah, just depending on what the bodies are like, fitness wise. Maybe maybe freshen it up.
2: Do score, you... first. They've got to score first, not score 1st and they? I mean, yeah. I'm not being. It, it, it's it's like the way everything is at the moment. You really want them to score first. Well, score first that- and then be streetwise. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's very but, true. Cause, the, thing Cause is, the Coventry game being another example. Yeah. Cause the thing
1: is, obviously it wasn't that long ago that we were Graham Coughlin's side. So it's not like the players are going to forget that overnight. Mm. We, we know how to do it, but just kind of add in a, a bit more kind, kind of creativity and a fluidity to our, our play. But yeah, if we, if we do fucking manage to go one, no up for the first time in God knows how long, um, then yeah, but you just gotta not exactly shut up shop, but yeah, just be a bit more a bit game, management. game management, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think, Jack, that the football's been more entertaining yeah. under under Ghana? Yeah, definitely. And are, are you looking
1: forward to the it's game? A <laughs> it's a low
2: base. It's a low base. Are you looking
0: forward
1: to the game despite the winless run, or are you apprehensive? Um, yeah, I mean I mean I I wasn't that kind of down in the dumps watching Coughlin Ball because we were winning a lot of the time, even if it was shit. I, I love seeing the mm. the ball go in the back of the net for my team. So the fact that we haven't won in 14, um, I'm not overly infused. But when, when I see those moments of promise on the pitch, good bit of link-up play leading to a great chance, then I do feel op- optimistic, and I, I look forward to those moments. But, yeah, we do just really need to get the, the monkey off the back and just get that win, and then we... Don't have this fucking polarizing chat about this windless. Yeah, I think record. that's part, that's
2: part of the problem, isn't it? It's kind of the atmosphere that's been created and the natural division that's kind of existed now, or, or sorry, been that's kind of emerged, whereby you're either one or the other. Um, maybe yeah. maybe that's a product of society we are now in. I don't know. We can get into a deep <laughs> conversation about that. We but, should just
0: record for another hour. Yeah, but it's about, like uh, there is I no the was, bifters out. <laughs> there is no middle ground
2: between. Um, you know, you're either one or the other. You're either fully engaged, although, Jack, you kind of seem a mm. little bit in the middle, actually. So that's, yeah, that's yeah, I think un- that's fair to say. That's a bit unusual. Um, but you're either one or the other. And I do think that's not healthy for a football club to kind of have this natural kind of mm. argumentative that's football so, as a whole at yeah. The, yeah maybe it is maybe it is and maybe you, that just naturally gets created whether it be about a player whether it be about decision whether yeah. it be about game but to have it about the overall fabric direction culture if you like of the club is kind of a little bit damaging um in the overall sort of vibe I guess so it would be nice mm. I think to get some wins to kind of put this thing yeah. to bed so everybody's kind of then all in rather than have this yeah. kind of lingering Be nice divide.
0: To, I think so many of the fan base are behind him, despite the winless run, and it's it's testament to our supporters that we're willing to give this time. Yeah, no, that's fair But, point, but those yeah. wins would just give us a bit of unity, which the club needs at the minute massively.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, we're at a massive crossroads and, and and you've got one group of fans who kind of see us going in this great direction, even though there's a few bump, bumps in the road. And then there's another set of fans who just think we're going down shit creek. And, like, it's just going to get worse and worse. But, yeah, for those kind of people like me who's a bit more in the middle, like... You think we're just going to exist forever and not really do much? <laughs> well, I mean, like, like I said, I, I've got my reservations about Ghana. But, yeah, like I said, I've I've, I've seen enough um, in in the team to suggest that we we'd do okay. But the, the jury's still out. But, yeah, I've, I think you're right. It's it's very polarizing times and kind of... Uh, you only got to look on, like, Twitter and Facebook for any other topic nuance isn't a thing that often comes up and then especially football and emotions running high it's it's often black and white when in fact it's maybe a bit a bit gray well let's get some
0: black and white score predictions then i'm going to make you choose one way or the other and, and pick a score line so let's start with you james
2: to um to rovers
0: Who who's going to score
2: clark harris it I mean he's just there there's been chances, isn't there? And um I do actually think he's actually played okay. Um he probably came back a bit too soon from injury. He takes a long time to get going. Um and I just think from a strikers point of view that you know, I'm sorry to delve into the world of cliches, but as long as strikers are getting chances, it's always healthy and someone of his kind of finishing quality, he will take one. And Blackpool yeah. are obviously a team he likes scoring against. Yeah, he
0: scored a hat trick against them last time out at the Mem. So hopefully more of that, please, Jono.
1: Um, Jack, what about you? I'm not superstitious, but with this winless run, I don't want to jinx it by saying that we're gonna finally win. Um, so I can I can see it being one one all potentially. We we managed to get that first goal, and then the kind of players' arses go a little bit, and kind of their mistake is there. So I'm going to say one all, but I'm kind of quietly optimistic. I'm really hopeful we can just grind out that win. I I don't care how it comes. It would just be such a massive thing for Ghana and the club and the the fans. So just praying and open really.
0: Absolutely. But I I agree with you. I think it'll be one, one. I think it will be, uh, I think we will break the record and there'll be doom and gloom central on all social media platforms. And, Booing at full time, but I think <laughs> the performance will be really good. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, I think uh, yeah, I think it'll just be very similar to the last couple of games. But I think Blackpool do have quality in their side. They've obviously got a big budget this year. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, have spent a lot of money on some good players. Uh, Gary Medine, obviously the big one. And um, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet really. So um, I think it's going to be tight. I think it'll be one-one or two-one to someone. Um, and it's just going to be. It's just going to be a coin toss, I think. It's going to be a close game, so we'll see. Fingers crossed, we'll get that win. Um, Gasheads, thanks very much for listening. Uh, been a bit of a longer episode this time, but lots of quality chat between. That's probably my between fault. Je- oh, it's mostly your fault. James, <laughs> yeah, 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 apologies. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, some quality chat. Uh, thanks for coming on, as always, James. Cheers. Always welcome. Pleasure. Patrick appearance. So. thank you. Make sure we'll get you assigned football from Gas <laughs> uh, uh, Absolutely not. We don't have the budget for that. Um, Jack, pleasure as always. Thanks for coming on. Going our route. And, <laughs> and Gasheads, Heads, uh, until next time, hopefully we won't still be on a windless run. Um, until then, up the gas. Up the gas.
2: Up the Ghana. <laughs>